0: This is the Tuco Chronicles, the official podcast of the Folklore Studies Program, College of Social Science and Philosophy, University of the Philippines, Diliman. My name is John Carl Gaverza, author of phspirits.com. and in this episode, we will talk about 10 Mythical Creatures of the Philippines and why they are interesting. To start with, uh, we will talk about the kumau. The kumau is described as a big man or an ogre-like creature believed in by the Ilocano and the Isneg people of Northern Sun. What's interesting about it is it takes children and leads them to death by pulling out their fingernails. It is a creature that is said to be a boogeyman to make children more behaved at night. There's also an urban legend attached to the Kumau. In the 1960s, it became associated with a cult that kidnapped children and allegedly bled them to death in order to sprinkle their blood on a newly built bridge or building as a ritual to ensure the sturdiness of the structure. They were also believed to drink the blood or use it as sacrifice to a god. Now the Kumau is more obscure uh the only documentation of it is in the creatures of philippine lore mythology by Ramos. and apart from the urban legend there haven't been any depictions of it at all so that's number 10 the kumao number nine is a two-for-one it's actually a creature close to my heart because it's the first one that I ever uh, recorded. So it's called the Talon and it's believed in by the Subanan people of Zamboanga. So the Talon is a dog-like creature with the feet of a human. It's four human feet point backwards and it walks the way a normal dog would. Its first always black and its face can range from human to beast-like. Its appearance is the same whether male or female. The Minamid talon is the male talon. Among the two kinds of talon, it's the mischievous monster. It does not harm people and only seeks to scare its victims. They do not announce their presence and follow their target, usually trailing behind or to the side. Their preferred targets are foreigners or people not from the area of their territory. To deal with a minimid talun, one simply shouts at it as if scolding or taunting it into battle. It is a cowardly creature and will run away as soon as this happens. The minimid talun is the more common of the two varieties of talun. Now the temed talun is the female talun. They are more malicious compared to their male counterparts and they hard their dead victims and seek to eat them. From far away, the tamad talon announces her presence. The victim will hear a scream as if from a mountaintop before the tamad talon stalks her prey. It is no use fighting a tamad talon unless with a or a medicine man, uh, which is the equivalent of a babaylan for the Subhanans. Now, the talon is interesting because It has two varieties that look exactly the same, the male and the female. Now, you can't really tell where the talon will strike, but in its mountain home, prepare to run. So that's number nine, the talon. Next is the Pating Napakpakan, number 8. They are Bicolano preachers and in the translations for the Ibalon where uh, they are mentioned, they are called Tiburon or Tiburones, which is the Spanish word for shark. But I don't like using uh, that name for the creature because it just seems so off to just call something as shark. So that's why I call it Pating Pakpakal. So they're described as giant flying fish or sharks which have slimy, scaly, and hardy flesh and saw-like teeth that could crush rocks. Hanjong and his men did not stop until they vanquished every Pating Napakpakan. In the Ebalon epic. They were also tamed by the warrior hero Han Yeong, uh in the same epic. So who doesn't love flying sharks? Like honestly, that fear is what revolves around uh the pating pakpak. Okay, so that's number eight. The pating pakpak. Next is the Daligmata. The Daligmata is a creature from Visaya and Manobo uh, folklore. It is described as an animal completely covered with eyes. It can only be seen at night and it helps in the good good and ritual, which helps those who are sick or whose souls have been stolen. It sometimes steals the souls of dreaming people and it does this through singing. Now, I have to mention that there is a belief in many parts of the Philippines that when you are sick, that means your soul is wandering away from your body. And the only way to be healthy again is to reunite your soul with your body. The deligmata is also defined as a nocturnal animal, which, according to the Visayans, is full of bright shining eyes. The Visayans believe that there exists an herb that is used to see a sorcerer that has rendered rendered themselves invisible by the power of other herbs. So the Good good Gooden ritual is a night-long seance where a possessed medium journeys around the cosmos, singing the sick person's personal history and looking for the abducted human soul. The spirit, the Ligmata, jolt sleeping humans from their sleep and they see a vision of the past or present, revealing to them what exactly happened or is happening, or predicting the future. I get a lot of people asking me about the Daligmata because there is a Visayan uh, god called Daligmata that is very similar to the to the Daligmata, the Daligmata god has eyes all over its body as well. But so far, I think they came from the same origin, but I still have to do more research on that part. The Daligmata is is very fun to draw, as a lot of artists tell me. Um, There is a lot of interest surrounding uh, the because it deals a lot with souls. In some parts of the Philippines, there is more than one soul that a human has. Uh, it can go from one, two souls to even seven souls. And the loss of any one of those souls will, will cause sickness or in some cases death. In some belief systems, death is caused by the wandering of the soul. So all you need to do to revive a person is to find that soul, usually with the help of a spirit medium, a Babaylan, an albulario. So that's number seven, the deligmata. Next is schema, the lightning. It is a semi-divine creature believed in by the Tingwians. So at times, the god Kadaklan enters the body of a favored medium and talks directly with uh, his believers or the people that surround him. But he likes to frequent another form of communication. He sends his dog, Kimat, the lightning, to bite a tree or strike a field or house and in this way makes known his wish that the owners celebrate the Padiam ceremony. So Kimat is a white dog whose presence is known by lightning strikes. Now, Kimat is a very interesting creature because it doesn't have a big personality on its own. It only does the bidding of the God Kadaklan. So in essence, it's just like any other dog like or any other pet that you have. It is a creature that has a specific role and in the stories that I write about it, it is a supporting character at the most. But I've, I've had other people ask me questions about kimat and they all center around, oh, does it act like a normal dog? And so far from my research, it's just like, yes, it just obeys its master. Next, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, it's the Idaemonon from Aklan. Now this creature is uh, incredibly obscure. I think the only uh, recording of it was uh, in my thesis because uh, I interviewed uh, my friend Lola from Aklan. And I, other than the interview with her, I haven't seen any kind of documentation for this creature at all. It lives inside the Earth uh, and pokes its fingers through the ground every 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. When it decides to come out of the ground, it tends to hide some of your things. And if you step on its finger, you get sick. Now, It's a very common belief uh, wherein you have invisible creatures and if you step on them accidentally you will get sick. Uh, You can see this in the belief of the lolid or the tibsukan in Panay. Now the idaemonon is a creature that doesn't have a lot of information surrounding it. But that's what makes it interesting to write about. You can really stretch uh, the motifs that you want to use uh, surrounding it and it's a very obscure like the 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. schedule that it revolves around. Um, It's reminiscent of uh, some beliefs in the Visayas wherein there's a specific time where the souls of the dead come out usually around 6 p.m. So the Idaemonon is mostly just there to have as a warning to respect nature because if you don't respect the spirit world, if you don't say tabi tabi ko, if you don't uh, respect the baleta trees where the spirits reside, then uh, harm will come to you. And it will be your own fault because the supernatural and the natural don't really have a distinction in a lot of belief systems in the Philippines it's just natural instead of supernatural so these spirits uh, surround themselves in nature and it's because they are part of the natural order next is Dapu Uh, from Pampanga, believed in by the Kapampangan people. Now, Dapu is not a mythical creature per se because she is known as a god. Uh, There are two kinds of uh, gods in Kapampangan folklore. One is the Nunu, gods of the earth which Dapu belongs to. And the other one is the Dewata or gods of heaven. Now, Dapu is a crocodile that holds the earth on her back. Mountains and forests grew on her back as well as two giant mountains. Uh, There was a time when the kingfisher Batala got so hungry because he didn't get food, Dapu devoured everything in her path. He saw that Dapu had her mouth open and lodged in her teeth was a leftover fish uh, called Tinga. The moment he entered, Salak became Batala's name. Batala is uh, the kingfisher uh, god. Uh, he is also known as the father of the sky. And he has blue wings to color the sky with. So, Anyway, Dapu clamped down her mouth and swallowed Batala or Salaksa, and his body dissolved and from there came two souls that burst out of Dapu's belly. The souls are in the form of two fiery birds, Aldo, the white one, and Bulan, the red one. Uh, To focus on Dapu, there is uh, a belief. Wherein you can send your soul outside of your body uh, to, to either harm or help people. Now, uh, there is also the belief in moon eaters. Uh, everyone knows about the Bakunawa. There's the Arimanga of the Maranaos. There is the Bawa in uh, certain parts of the Visayas. So the Kapam- Kapampangan Moon Eater is called Lawu. It is related to the Tagalog laho, And it is said that uh, Lawu is the Kaladua or soul of Dapu. So when Dapu's st- stomach bursts from the fighting uh, from eating batala or salaksa dapu had uh her soul in the form of lau. she sent it out uh, to the universe there's a version of the story that dapu died and the ghost became lau, seeking revenge on the sun and moon But in most stories, Dapu is very much alive and her ghost comes every 25 years. Now, you can see in this story the confusion that you can get studying folklore because sometimes there is no canonical story. Uh, There is no one truth that the folklore presents. Sometimes there are multiple stories and those stories can also conflict with each other. And as an author, when I write stories about Philippine folklore and mythologies in the Philippines, I go for what the most interesting take on the character is, but still keeping it uh, true to the original myths and legends. So with the story of Dapu, It is very interesting to talk about the soul um, that goes out of her body. Also another interesting part about Kapampangan gods is that they all, they're not anthropomorphic, uh, they're not human form, Uh, they take the form of animals. So you have Batala which is the kingfisher, you have... Uh, Dulu which is the god of darkness that doesn't have a human form you have Manalastas which has the form of a rooster uh, you have Lakandano, the god of water who has the head of a crocodile with a serpent's body uh, who is also called the king of the naga with Dapu, it's Interesting that she carries the world on her back. There is another legend of Mangacha. Mangacha takes the form of a giant spider. Uh, she weaves the lifeline or gyatali of every creature. And she uses sikuan or bamboo needle for nets uh, to weave. She is so old that she fumbles from time to time, so she drops the Sipuan and it lands on Dapu. So this spins Dapu to the ocean floor and earthquakes are caused by Dapu trying to get out. Uh, Next is from the Taosug people and it's called the Balbalan. Now the Balbalan is a person, male or female wherein the soul separates from their body to terrorize other people. Uh, It is said that they have long hair. And that's why uh, some old people say that when your hair is long and not covered in a sulban or a hijab, uh, and basically you have a buhag hag hair and it's very messy, you look like a balbalan. Uh, in other sources, the Balbalan has the power to transform into a cat uh, or a dog or bird. And as such, it is naturally feared. It enjoys eating the liver of corpses. And during a uh, lots of noise and light is uh, produced to keep the Balbalan away. Um, the Balbalan also targets infants. So, in this belief, you can see that uh, it, the belief about souls separating from your body to terrorize people uh, is present. And it also shows that for a lot of mythical creatures in the Philippines, they have the power to shape shift into another form. It isn't just a Balbalan that can do it. Other creatures can do it as well. There are many uh, creatures that are giants that can transform into different creatures, mostly cats or dogs or pigs. Um, the aswang, for example, can take the form of any most animals, um, but it the animal form is black. It's also interesting to note that whenever these creatures transform it, they transform into mammals. I haven't come across uh, a lot of Aswang or other Halimal stories wherein the transformation is into a reptile or an insect or a fish for example. So for the balbalan, you can see that there is a societal, uh component to the way, uh they're described, like um, wear your hijab properly, or comb your hair, so that the people that believe in the balbalan, I would I would call it societal pressure to keep themselves tidy and neat with the uh, hair that they have so for the Balbalan uh, it also enjoys eating the liver of corpses so you can see this belief in a lot of ghoul or corpse eating creatures in the country they always like to target the liver And for uh, some reasons, it's because the liver is held as a repository for emotions in some belief systems. So if you eat the liver, that means you're eating uh, part of the soul of the victim. Next, we move over to Romblon where we talk about the kagkag. The kagkag are small, dark uh, beings that smell like wild animals. They have the power to transform themselves into animals as well. And they do this when they search for food uh, so that humans can't see them. The kagkag usually individually search for corpses around places where humans inhabit. They converge in graveyards where they have a feast when the full moon shines. Like a fiesta, they would use human skulls as drums, and a human corpse is displayed in a banana leaf for all to the partake. They are afraid of seaweed and spices. Now, the Kagkag, like the Balbalan, is a corpse eater. Uh, that means they do not eat living human flesh, they wait for uh, humans to die and then eat the flesh of the dead victim the tugug are interesting because they don't directly harm humans they just want to eat period they like to converge in graveyards and have a fiesta they they behave a lot like humans do when they have a feast. So when they get a corpse, they like to share it as a meal. They do not want to directly fight against humans. Like whenever I see uh, stories about the Kugug, they would rather run away from humans who get too close to them rather than fight uh, and make living humans their victims. They're also, There's also a point of interest where they're afraid of seaweed and spices because uh, these are the only creatures I know of that are afraid of seaweed. I don't know uh, what specific aspect of the seaweed they're afraid of, but it's just interesting to know. Next and, and last is the Ta'awi, Ta'awi or the Ta'awi of the marinells. uh It's described as a monster who is as fast as the wind when approached it creates a noise as loud as thunder coming from the forest. Now, the Ta'awi is one of my favorite creatures to talk about because when killed, the undigested eyes of its victim can be cut out of its belly to restore its victims to life. So in a folk story, uh, the the Ta'awi devoured the kin and parents of a princess, and a hero stopped it. So when the Ta'awi was dying, it told the hero to open up its stomach and take out the undigested eyes of the people it had killed. And the hero did so and found the eyes of other human beings. So he coll- the hero collected the eyeballs in the jar, the height of a man, and he eventually restored their owners to life. The Ta'awi is one of those creatures that sort of writes the story for you because of the way it is. Like you can uh, write a regular story about the man fighting uh, Halimau, but usually it's for revenge. Like uh, you killed uh, these people and now I will slay you for uh doing that but for the Ta'awi you want to write about how the hero would resurrect the victims of the monster there are a lot of creatures uh that don't have a set description like for the Taawi, it's just uh, described as a monster. Like the Kagkag are called dark and short beings. Uh, the Idaemonon, you only have uh, the creature's fingers that are poking out of the ground as a description. Uh, the Daligmata, you have only the creatures described as for an animal, even the Kumau, it's described as just a big man or an ogre like creature. So when I get artists to uh, illustrate the creatures that I want to make stories of, I try to make it more true to the ethnolinguistic group by uh, giving pegs of their surroundings. Like, if the creature is described as invisible, then I try to make it so that, oh, what kind of animals uh, are around uh, the environment of the linguistic group so that I can give those animals as pegs so that the artists can imagine uh, what the creature sort of is at this point i'd also like to talk about the different types of uh, mythologies in the philippines i don't like using the word philippine mythology or filipino mythology or, or filipino folklore because uh those terms sort of ignore the diversity of beliefs and cultures in the philippines like there is no one filipino folklore but there are many folklores in the philippines there are shapeshifters and cannibals and corpse eaters and moon eaters there are sea serpents uh swan, vengeful spirits Uh, Beautiful Encantos, Short Duende, uh, Fearsome Chana, uh, Manananggal that haunt uh, different areas of the Philippines. And uh, I hope this top 10 helps uh, illustrate different mythical creatures in the Philippines and also uh, would help you imagine the diversity of beliefs in the country. I hope that the list will get you more interested into Philippine mythology, uh, mythologies and folklores. And happy uh, Halloween to everyone. Uh, once again, I am John Carl Caverza, author of phspirits.com. You can follow my work at phspirits.com, also I'm on uh, social media at phspirits for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at spiritsph for Twitter.